morning, church. Happy seven. Still one more minute from the morning. Uh, we live in such a time loaded with history, they said. In, uh, this year, they said, history happened uh, for about 30 years. And um, before we get into our message, I would like to get my own interpretation. Look at the things that are happening. I'm in trouble already because they say, hey, don't touch on controversial subject. I was told a few times. Actually, even the church I went, one time the pastor had a talk with those people that preach and said, hey, don't talk about controversial subject. Then what should I preach about? God loves you and you are nice and good. We'll go to heaven. That's all you can. I mean, if you want to speak about it, you have to bring something to make people think, and maybe they'll make a good decision and turn around, maybe if they go on the wrong way. But I'm not, I, I will make a few disclaimers. I'm not going to talk about controversial subjects that are kind of tent or conspiracy. I'll just lay down facts that hopefully most of us will agree. They said we are in a pandemic, crisis. Let's see, who knows about how many cases are in the world up to this, I checked in the morning, about how many cases of this coronavirus about? No, the cases, not deaths. I'm talking about cases. No, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, when I checked lately, it was uh, about 11 million. Percentage of population, do you know how much that represents? It's 0.00015%. For a virus, I'll say it, it does a, a, good, a, a pretty, you know, bad job of infecting people. He could have been more successful, in, you know, at least, say, let's say 1% or maybe 0.1%. 0.0015 for a pandemic, it's... Let's talk about, I mean, deaths. How many deaths are up to this time? Yeah, around, let's say, 600,000 in six months or whenever it started. For me, the numbers don't add up. They were talking uh, two millions in America, and you don't have that all over the world. Maybe they have an agenda, I don't know. Uh, for me, I know something. The way we reacted to that, it's unprecedented. It has never happened in the history of the world to quarantine people that are healthy. And some people try to even to explain with the Bible. God talks about quarantine, people that have an infectious disease. But hey, look at the direction God gave there in the Bible. I think Leviticus uh, 17 or 18. God says if somebody has an infectious disease and is suspect of that, he comes to the priest and he examines him and then he sends and after a week he comes back and if he still has the symptoms, then you quarantine him but not the healthy people. But here is my observation about what happened it's a teaching that what we preach so much about prophecy and happening 
Now it's very possible. We thought, how will this happen? And now we see what, how things will happen. So it's just a few of my observations about what happened in the world that teaches us that the final events can happen very suddenly and go worldwide. And, uh, and people will be uh, taken by surprise that don't understand and study prophecies. I know when this all started, I was trying to talk with people over the phone, texting them. And I know I was talking with somebody that I knew could have been affected because I had a job that was not essential. <laughs> who says who, what jobs are essential or not? If you make a living out of it, it's essential for you. And I know I was the response. The, most, the, the bad thing that she misses the most is that Sabbath, she cannot go to church. And I will say, for me, Sabbath, you know, I was looking for fellowship, you know, texting people like that. I was almost to start my own uh, uh, church home, home church, inviting people. But uh, I was cautioned by my other better half. Hey, let's not make waves, you know. People will, you know, think you go against all these rules and cause trouble. Say, okay, we'll see. Hopefully we'll be over and we'll get back to normal. Uh, but, uh, I mean, for me, uh, and of course, one of the things that it bothered me the most, our pastor should have said, hey, you know, church going is essential. It's like food, or maybe you should be more important. I mean, I would say the relation with God, of course, we don't believe. I mean, the, the good things, we are not like other churches that think participate in the ritual has to do something. But hey, we need that fellowship of seeing face to face and talking with people. We are social beings. God had created us that way to talk face to face and, and communicate. And uh, I'll say, you know, the world now is trying to sh make us to have harder times. The internet is good, but it's still not like talking face to face. <laughs> I know when you see some of those experts talking from their bedroom, <laughs> it doesn't look that professional, <laughs> in my own opinion, you know. And uh, you, you take it, you don't take it as serious as it should be. But, uh, and of course, church going in the Zoom, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll go to heaven on the Zoom or on the virtual or something, but. For me, I like the real deal and seeing people face to face and communicate with them. I like to see all their faces if possible, but if they are convicted otherwise, I respect their conviction and uh, I'm, uh, I have my own and I, you know, just to voice it out, I said I'm not going to go to a church that makes it mandatory. The matter. I think in the frigid about freedoms, it doesn't have you make your own decision. And of course, the evidences for me are in a one direction that I decide to go. But I respect other people's decision, and basically that's my message today. It's about the liberty in Christ. I was saddened today because somebody asked me, where's your mask? <laughs> I was going to say, you know, <laughs> it's my own business. Don't be a tool for the government of implementing some things that might not be as good for us as they said. But here is my observation about things from history that shows we are close to the end time. First thing that I observed, things can change very fast. 
It was Thursday, and we were supposed to have at the church I was going a kind of a health seminar, and we were still preparing, making plans. And then Friday, all of a sudden, oh, will be no church, no that, no that. And those things went overall to all the world. They started locking up. Romania, I talked with my brother, oh, yeah, here too. India, even they didn't have that many cases. So overnight, everything went in the same direction. And of course, the leaders, I, I'm looking as a politician. If I will be a politician, uh, of course, I'm not thinking of that. <laughs> that will be the last thing on my mind. You have to be, uh, you know, go so low to tell people lies. Like, you know, elect me, I'll increase your social security and lower your taxes. I, I won't be able to tell that. But as a politician having to make the decision, and if I'll say, hey, you know, this virus is serious, we can take, but hey, let's continue life as much as possible, you know, not shut down. Then, of course, you, you will go against the grain and you will be blamed with that and that. And if you go and make the other decision, nobody will come and call, call you to a, uh, I mean, to be uh, uh, kind of a, to hold accountable and so forth. And now, of course, people can claim, oh, because of what we did, we don't have that many cases. But uh, I'm not going to say if it's right or wrong. The only thing is our life have been uh, uh, very much affected because of that. People lost jobs. They don't talk about anything. You, you don't hear on the news about people going through the stress of losing their income. I know I had customers, they called me up. You know, I'm sorry, I just lost half of my business and income, I cannot hire you, I don't know if I'll have enough money to make a living. But nobody talks about all these people that went through this suffering or that's not really suffering. The second thing which I observe, the people in position of power can pass laws that violate your constitution and not be held uh, accountable and very fast and everybody goes along with almost. There are people calling up and saying, hey, you know, governor cannot pass that ordinance. It's illegal. You have to make a law. And it has to be go through the process. We are, don't have a king that comes and, hey, I, that's what I decide. I have my experts and we make these laws. No, it doesn't work that way. Maybe let's suppose an emergency for a week. We do it, but then let's call the assembly and pass the law and look at the things and let more minds come and go and decide that. But no, we have now a precedent. Somebody, a mayor or a governor of a state, uh, whoever is in power, they come and they rule their conviction upon us and you cannot go to work and do your business. If you do, you will be in jail. And the police comes <laughs> and throws you in jail. And of course, the saddest part is the kids and what they did to our kids. You know, the school, they were not a danger with the virus. Of course, there is lots of other things. But, and what's, I don't know if every of you send the, you know, they, the government recommends, I'm not sure if it enforces, to practice the social distancing. So the little kids have not to touch anymore one another, stay about six feet. And I saw in France, kids playing in the parking lot. 
And everyone was in a square, about six feet by six feet, and playing there in their own spot by themselves. I said, what will happen to those kids? You know, for me, that's a form of child abuse. You know, the impact on their mind and their growth, you know, it's something that it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, crying to heaven about what's happening to our sanity. I saw actually uh, the other day, the, uh, they had a daycare and they were coming with the kids. And they will have no interaction, no touching or anything. They were just holding a rope at every so forth. And then they put them in a sur- uh, to sit far away. And I say, what's happening to those kids? They, they, they won't have a normal life. And they want to make it now almost a rule. What's happening to us? I mean, the kids have no risk. Of course, there is a story. They'll get and kill grandma. But actually now it looks like it's only a story. It's nothing true about, you know, if you are asymptomatic, you won't really get the virus. But uh, this, the, fourth, uh, the third thing which I observed, overnight it might be that you cannot buy your food and the water and other, other stuff. Either maybe they will close up or maybe there is not going to be in the store. And uh, some people try to blame uh, uh, capitalists that it failed, but actually it's the way people reacted to all these uh, uh, things that they saw. And what they saw, and it's more disheartening, is uh, that people can be manipulated very easy and made to do whatever they think, and many of them became tools on implementing the rules the government makes that are not really constitutional. You know, you go to a playground and your kid maybe goes there by himself and play and people will come and say, hey, you know, you cannot go behind that. Why? The government says so. Yeah, but it's unconstitutional. I should have the freedom to, to go. And actually it happened that ladies, mothers let their kids play and the police came and arrested them. And uh, of course there was a kind of a little bit of... Uh, going back because it's not good what they do, but. The fifth thing which I observe, it's very hard to go against the grain. You know, if you stand up and say, I'm not gonna do that, I don't think it makes sense, and that is gonna be very hard. Especially if you go in a store and everybody is different <laughs> than you do, you feel like out of place, and it's, it's very hard because, you know, you wanna be accepted by a group of people and that, and it's very hard to, but for me, I said, you know, if I'm convinced something is right or wrong, I'm going to stick with my conviction, no, no matter what the reaction of the other people will be. And one of the hardest things, it's, uh, we need to have wisdom to know what to say and not to say. <laughs> because now people get offended so easy, and they have their conviction, and uh, I know uh, my wife, helps me with that, to apply a break, because sometimes I feel like going in the store and making jokes about people. You know, when you go in a store, and you kind of have to go closer, maybe two feet. <laughs> and for me, I, I feel like making a joke, and then say, hey, be careful, the virus will jump. <laughs> and, uh, 
oh, my wife uh, reminds me that, and in a way I, I do, I, I have to learn that to not make jokes because, hey, you know, people watching 24-7 TV, they are really swallowing everything that the government gave them. For me, I'm thankful. I, I live in a communist country. The government had 24-7 lies and that. I said, oh, yeah. The reality is one, when they speak at the TV, for me, it was just a comedy. Say so you cannot trust everything that is said there. And you can question and say, hey, it, it goes against, well, you know, human logic. And, and, and. But also, uh, the, one of the things it shows that things can go global very easy and fast, overnight. And uh, another thing which I observe, so-called the science and the experts. You know, if you look at the same expert two months ago came and gave a testimony about certain things. And maybe two months after that, he came and said the opposite. And I asked to myself, hey, uh, what's happening now? Which one is the good? You know, I, I, I'm not going to come and show. If you will just look at it, you will see that there was a different approach, even most of the sanity about wearing the mask. Or was a different approach the scientists will say and that. And now all of the sudden change. What's change? The science change? Yeah, the science changed because <laughs> they had two opposite points of view and things have not changed. Oh, they said, oh, you know, the data and that, what we know about the disease have evolved. And, uh, you know, I know as a scientist, it's very hard to say I don't know. How is it spread? Is it airborne or not? The scientist that have lots of PhD after his name, he, he cannot come and say, oh, I don't really know. No, he won't come because, you know, he study, he's supposed to know. And uh, when they, I'll just ask the question, you think only politicians are corrupt or that the scientists can be corrupt also? Are judges corrupt, mechanics? Yeah, everybody is corrupt. You should doubt what they say. My idea is this one. Uh, we see now, and of course, one of the saddest things is they pass laws, and most of the people have no problem with that. I mean, to tell you that you cannot go to church, either you take all the precautions, but you can go shopping, it's... Uh, I know, on the other hand, I know you will have been on a hard decision in a way you don't want to get into conflict with the authorities before their due time in a way you comply but at least you will speak up and say you know what uh, what's happening here is not really uh, good and uh, you don't really have the right because you violate the most fundamental right of the Americans you know, the right of freedom of religion and freedom of assembly. And, uh, but of course, they said, oh, you know, we have this uh, pandemic. But that's what I'm going to talk about now. It's uh, about liberty. And we'll see here if we still have liberty and for how long. I saw a sign the other day on the road. You know, now they celebrate 4th of July. It says... R.I.P., rest in peace, America. I say, wow, is this person really 
pessimistic or he has the message. But let's look here at what the Bible says about liberty. And uh, we had the memory verses that talks about liberty. First, uh, it's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. And it talks here about the Spirit of Christ. And it says that, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You have to just let that sink in. You know where the spirit of the Lord is? There is liberty. There is a, my favorite pastor. He said, let's talk the opposites. I would say where the spirit of the Antichrist, what will be the result? The opposite of liberty. You'll have bondage. You won't have freedom. Actually, Christ... Uh, in his mission in Isaiah 61, and actually when he started his ministry, he describes what his work was to be, to bring to the people liberty. Uh, Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Of course, uh, this one has a spiritual application, but I will say it has also a secular or a civil application. When Christian gets to power, they will be led by Christ's spirit, and you'll have liberty. If you'll do a research about the history of the liberty, and of course, America has a very high calling from God to be a land of liberty. We know from prophecy that. And you will see there that were the Christians that came and established United States. And if you look at, some people believe that the birth birthday, or it was when Luther uh, started the Reformation. He set in, uh, in motions all these that brought all the others' liberty we now enjoyed. And of course, the results, the first and the most important, they said, hey, what you believe is between you and God. Nobody should come and tell you what to believe or not. Maybe they will help you, but nobody should force you to believe or persecute for what you believe. So that was the foundation, and from there all the other liberties came. The sad reality is we know from the prophecy that America will depart from that, and they will unite and enforce the mark of the beast, as we talk. When they will enforce people, to worship in a way that is not biblical. And I believe things are in motion and can happen very fast. You know, all these things, I heard people in Romania, you know, very superstitious religious people were trying to see, you know, God, where's God in this pandemic and virus? And you know, God is not out of control. He could have prevented easily 
uh, you know, for, for, for those things to happen. But people try to see, why did God permit this? And they said, hey, you know, we are too immoral, and we need a wake-up call to go back to God. I heard many people talking, you know, you, you see now everybody talking about, yeah, we forgot God, we have to, we have to get back, otherwise we are going to be destroyed. For me, uh, I, I do know about this, that uh, those people in their zeal, they will use the government power to enforce it, enforce everyone. And we know from prophecy that this will happen. Actually, there were voices talking about that we break God's commandment, especially the fourth commandment, and that's why all this is happened, and we have to get back to it. And uh, of course, the global warming it will have their plane too, because now there is a movement you have to, uh, they say that uh, they promote or they call it the Green Sabbath Project. Have everybody heard about that? And actually it started by a, a Jewish, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's a, a religious person, but he started promoting that this is the solution to save the environment. He said, it, and it's biblical, you know, you have to stop and rest one day. Lockdown. Say, yeah, don't do anything for environment one day, and uh, you will have a 14% reduction of all the, and that will save the environment. And this one is now organizing people, and everybody is jumping in their bandwagon. And, uh, you know, we talk so long about, but now we hear on the open, they organize and they talk about, and we know it's going to pass. I don't know the timing, but it's going to come. And they just had last week, a webinar where many people have given their, and they invited all the people and they say, hey, you, you have to organize in that. If this is not a wake-up call, I don't know what will be a wake-up call. Uh, we already see now being pushed this. And of course, on the religious, uh, we hear more and more about that, uh, you know, uh, we need to have time for family. And this, I mean, one of the good results of this pandemic was, yeah, we spend more time in the family and, uh, and uh, we kind of get better united. And, uh, but on the other hand is when the government will come and step and tell you what to do, that's going to be the problem. So uh, we have now in America still liberties, but we don't know for how long. From the prophecy, I know... Uh, Ellen White talks about what makes America great. And there were two things. It's republicanism and Protestantism. Amen. Those two principles are the ones that make America great. Republicanism, you have a law, a constitution, and you have certain rights, and as long as this uh, you have it, it's good. And you know, when the Christian came, they said, hey, they talk about certain God-given rights that nobody should violate them. And, uh, you know, they, they wrote the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments. But, you know, after the 9-11, almost all the, from two to ten amendments were gone. <laughs> Only two 
and uh, first and second amendments were still up. But since this pandemic, even the first amendment, it's almost gone. Let's see uh, about maybe a quiz. Do you know the first amendment guarantees you about five rights? Do you know which one are those? Let's start first one. Religion. Nobody should in what you believe. Second one, speech. You should be able to speak and nobody should come and, you know, if you want to speak, you have the freedom to speak. Nobody has to listen, but <laughs> at least you have the right to speak. Uh, also guarantees the, free of, the freedom of the press. If you want to publish something, publish, try to sell it, nobody will be forced to buy it, but you have the right to publish. Of course, some people decry because this freedom, it might come with a negative, you know, people will publish dirty magazines. <laughs> I, I know a lady was deploying communists because they said, hey, you didn't have that many dirty magazines in, in, in communists, like here, because here they want freedom, you know, everywhere you see naked leg, this magazine and that. But uh, that's part of the freedom, and uh, it's a sad reality that we live in this kind of the world, but people should have that, I mean, the freedom of having something, you know, comes with the negative. People will promote wrong ideas and that, and uh, I know now there is a big push about government being and regulating these wrong ideas. The only problem you'll have when the government sits in, they will decide what's wrong ideas. And if you'll preach the gospel and our message, that's gonna be labeled wrong idea for sure. So the third, uh, those are the three freedoms. Then the fourth uh, freedom, I mean a fundamental right is the freedom of assembling to petition the government. So if you wanna congregate with somebody, you are free to do that. I mean, it was supposed to be that now they limit it to, I don't know, 10 person or 100. Depends what governor comes up and has the power of a king. And uh, so let's see which one is the fifth one. Uh, that's the second amendment. Uh, to petition the government and, uh, and uh, ask for reforms. And, uh, yes. Yeah. The idea is, uh, the sad reality is, uh, Alan J. White says that America will forget about all these fundamental rights that are embodied in the Constitution. And we already seen that almost all of them uh, are gone, will be just religion, that they did not really come that much against, it just, you know, but we know in the end that's gonna be the last nail in the coffin and that's gonna be the end. And we see here now, uh, things are getting rough. You know, the economy is not in good shape. It's, uh, you know, we went a few times after they opened the restaurants, but they had maybe half of what it used to be or less. And uh, people are, you know, and, uh, but you know, this is affecting lots of other businesses. Almost, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the government tried to keep the number up and that, but we are in a very deep depression. 
and things will not necessarily go back because, you know, now they are talking about we have to lock down back again because cases are rising and that. And I know something. Once the government does one thing, it's going to be easy to do it again. And uh, I just hope we'll, uh, we'll still be able to come and to church. My idea is uh, about this. Maybe we should try to prevent that and, and try to see, hey, what will happen, you know, if they will come again about and we say, you cannot go to church. And uh, should we try to congregate, maybe in the houses? I don't know for you, but for me, I know something. The fellowship will need it more because the Bible says, as you see that day approaching, we should not forsake our assembly. We need to encourage one another and uh, help one another to, for what's coming. Also, what we do know, we do know is that uh, there is going to be a, a big manipulation of people, and they will believe that we are the cause of trouble, that we will stand Christ and bring all this upon the world. And it's going to be very hard to stand up and say, hey, th this is not true. We see here people being manipulated and herded in whatever direction the government goes. And soon we will see that we will be pointed at bad people. Our message that we preach, our clear, you know, pointing to who uh, the Antichrist is and what the mark of the beast is, and calling people out, they will call it is not Christ-like. And... Uh, we know that uh, we have a mission to tell people about before it happens. May the Lord help us to uh, point to people and to be a true witness. We know uh, the Bible says about liberty, and it's very interesting what James had to say uh, in James chapter 1. Verse 25, but whosoever look, look it into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So here he says the perfect law of liberty. Of course, for a person that is not converted, it seems like, you know, it's legalism. But for a person that is converted, we'll see that obeying God's law will bring true liberty. And that's what Christ. Of course, it comes about the personal liberty. You know, when Christ and God comes to somebody, he doesn't force himself. He gave them the liberty to choose. And that's really what God is. He comes and says, let's reason together. Choose this day who will you serve. And make no mistake, you have to make some choices. Whom will you serve? If you refuse to worship God, you will choose something else. For me, uh, I think that will be a fatal mistake to choose somebody else. Because I think the more you look and you study God and you see the freedom that he gives and guarantees, and not only that, he promised when he will establish again the government that will be a government and uh, that will last forever because it will be true freedom. And make no mistakes, in the world, 
Where spirit of Christ is, there is that liberty. And uh, the sad reality is uh, things are changing. Government gets more and more. I mean, if you study about what's happening to America, it started so good. You know, some people say, oh, you know, the good old days. The, uh, the people that study history, and uh, especially United States history, they say that the most prosperous time in the United States was from 1800 to 1900. And back then, it was what the Constitution kind of stated. They had so-called limited government. They had representative. They, they were servants of the people. You, look, you, you read some story of the, you know, the senators and what they did, you know, was a different world. The government didn't come and mingle about, oh, you want to build a house? Well, let me come and give you the permit. I was going to build myself a garage. They said, you cannot make it bigger than 600. <laughs> I want to make it about 624 square feet. <laughs> And they say, no, we have these rules. But they say the good part is that you can petition yours, and they might give you uh, whatever you, uh, break, and you can give you uh, something. But uh, the idea is in, from 1800 to 1900, the government was limited. They didn't run anything. You didn't have the, the schools uh, or the energy department or FDA or that was all, almost all free market. And the good part is that I like, you know, uh, somebody has challenged the tax in 1883 uh, or 73, and they say di direct taxation, it's illegal or unconstitutional. That means to tax and come and tax, put a, a property tax or a, of, on your income. And you know the Supreme, uh, the Supreme Court had the case and they find it to be unconstitutional to tax people. This is history. It's in, and basically they said the government could just do, as they call it, indirect taxations. That will mean, oh, you know, if you want to buy some alcohol, the government may tax that because you can dispense of alcohol. <laughs> you don't have to buy it. And so from uh, 1873, they abolished the tax, and then, but then in 1900, the taxes was reintroduced, was introduced uh, amendment to the Constitution, and from there on, they passed many amendments that basically are not done. What I'm trying to say is that today is a day of celebration. We still have freedom, but let's, uh, let's prepare for what's coming. One of the things that I think is uh, expect that maybe, uh, you know, coming to church, it might not be uh, as you thought a freedom that you enjoyed. It might be restricted again. And also uh, would be very hard to speak the truth that we have. Now the people are talking more and more about controlling the information because they are afraid that too much, you know, fake news are happening and that. But, uh, you know, during this crisis, about three times, I heard something that impressed me. There were some people talking about the economy and all these food shortages, and uh, they were no religious people. 
But uh, I think about three times they were saying, grow your own food. I don't know, was that a message from God? Is it from we just care or is it a good idea? For me, looking back, back, I was kind of considering that very serious. And we have the advice about, I started building myself a greenhouse. <laughs> when the, the crisis was there, I worked very hard. I was, okay, we'll get it going. But when things start to kind of uh, getting back to normal, I slowed down and we planted late some plants. But uh, at least I have that mindset. Mindset, it, you know, I have to uh, at least be prepared to put something in the ground. Maybe there will not gonna be food in the store, or maybe you'll get the food only if you meet certain criteria. Is that possible? No. They will say, "Hey, don't have mask." Well, sorry, <laughs> they do that. Some stores don't implement that, and you can go to other stores, but. They can't do that very easily nowadays, we see it. I mean, things are so much a wake-up calls. If you will have said at the beginning of the years, hey, just enjoy your games, you know, sport games, because they will be gone for a good while, people will think you are, but now it's almost a reality. And they talk about this is the new norm. What we do know, it's, we have to tell people what we do know and who's behind and what will happen. May the Lord help us because uh, when you'll do that, you'll be labeled and you'll be charged and you might have to face the accusation of being the troublemakers. And uh, we need uh, God's spirit to help us to remain faithful because the pressure will be very, very high up to give in because to save your skin. But... Uh, I hope we know God and Christ, and we will rather die than not be faithful to him. Amen.